Live from the Dragon Slayer at the Falcor Defense Headquarters in Kalispell, Montana, this is Behind the Flame. Here's your host, John Bartolo. Sam, thank you. Want to shout out the sponsor? Yeah, let's give them out. This, this, uh, our show every single time is brought to you by our, our sponsors, Kenzie's Optics, 221B Tactical, Mark Bell Slingshot, Taurus USA. Who else am I missing? Chick-fil-A Kalispell. Bang Energy Drinks. Bang Energy and many more. Guys, those are the sponsors for right now. We got a special co-host for the episode today, our star of the show yesterday, Real World Tactical, Tony Seminat. I could not miss talking to my good friend, J.J. Ricasso. Yeah, we're so for this episode today, man. Thanks One for joining us via Skype. One of the best shooters in the world. Uh, I'm going to let Tony and J.J. get into it, but we're really excited to have J.J. on. Um, this is a special episode coming at you with a sneak attack on YouTube. So uh, J.J. is someone I've been after for a long time to get on the show. He's training. He's got a million things going on. He's the hardest man in show business to nail down. He's... Uh, you know, super busy, so we can't thank him enough for his time. So, JJ, thank you, and we're excited to have you on the show. And I know you've been a, a friend of mine for a while and a part of the, the brand and always a supporter and excited to talk with you today. Hey, man, thanks so much for really being patient with me. Um, obviously, English is not my first language, so there was a lot of miscommunication that happened there that almost, didn't, that almost made this not happen. So uh, really appreciate it, and I'm really excited because obviously it's it's you and Tony on the other <laughs> line, so I'm super, super excited with that. So we'll dive right in before Tony starts picking your brain and we start getting into it. Uh, so training for the Nationals now, and you got a ton of things going on. I know uh, you're always, you know, your, your story's out there, but uh, we talked about this before. But how many rounds are you putting down range now? Um, this Within the last two weeks. The last two weeks has been... Well, let's just start real quick. Overall, this year so far, I've shot about 25,000 rounds. That's about double that, almost triple that what I'm about, what I normally shoot per year. Um, I upped it because I, I'm, a, I'm able to now being in Vegas. It's a lot easier for me to shoot. Um, it's a lot more available, and my schedule is a little bit more flexible as, as, as crazy as it is, right? So I've upped it. But um, within the last two weeks, I've actually dialed it down a little bit, only due to the fact that um, I was supposed to get and ramp up uh, for the Nationals, which is coming this weekend. But the problem was I was scheduled, uh, I think, six classes this past week. So I only literally had today and tomorrow to practice. So whatever. It is what it is. I'm going to deal with it. But I know I have a lot of solid foundation built in this year. And I've had um, have good momentum leading up to the Nationals. So um, I'm still excited. And uh, not much is really going to basically frame me right now. JJ, there's no question you're one of the best in the world, and I'm not going to get too deep into into um, your past and how you got here. A lot of people know that story and, and your time as a as a Fed and and all that and getting into shooting and in the professional circuit. I want to talk more, and I know Tony will want to get into it on your training and what you feel makes a shooter great and what you feel takes a shooter from good to great. And what you've done and the things that you're putting in with the workouts and everything else are really uh, tremendous. And, uh, you know, Tony is an animal all to himself, but I'll let you guys get into it. What do you feel make, you know, sets your training apart? Don't, this isn't a moment to be humble. Tell me quite honestly, what, what makes your training, because it is unique and, and you're doing so much dynamic stuff, what, what makes you kind of that, on that next level? What do you think can help a shooter today get to that next level? Oh. I, 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 I don't know. I, well, I guess I can only talk about myself, but really I can use Tony as an example, right? Um, Tony's a great shot. He's a freaking animal out there in the range and throwing things around. I was just talking, telling him that he was throwing cars around this year. Last year he was throwing like Volkswagens, whatever. And this year he's throwing SUVs. So it's pretty <laughs> awesome to see his growth. But really a lot of that really, I think the, to separate a good from, I think the next level, I don't even know um, whether great is the word, but the next level, right from whoever you're competing against whatever current level you are is i think hunger and drive um if you watch I, I, like I, I like using tony as an example because if you watch him it's day in day out there's no there's no slowing down there's no burnout rate he doesn't talk about burning out i don't think at least i've never heard of him say that at all and um people tell me all the time like hey man you're you're you've been doing this for 25 years when do you slow down and, and kind of laugh at that i'm like i don't know because i haven't accomplished the goals that i've always wanted to accomplish um i always talk about that and goals you know do, do you have um do you have daily goals weekly goals uh or is it just business oriented goals in regards to you know how do, how do you 
differentiate all that, you know, because I always say, you know, you have to have goals every day just to become a little bit better or to accomplish something throughout the day to keep you motivated and keep keep your drive going. How, how do you do it? Uh, to me, there, there's there, there used to be three aspects. Now I'm down down to just two aspects in my life because I've been so busy. But three aspects used to be um, the fighting, the training part of it, um, whatever, whatever, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, all bike in the bag, right? All that, all that. And then the next one was my career. of fitness as well all the, uh, I don't, and um so to me now that i don't have fighting and all that stuff i don't i don't really do that as much as i used to all it is now is business goals um it's weekly goals for me and sometimes monthly it's a little too much to do with daily goals um and then the shooting part is also the same thing i do i do about a weekly um goal oriented type stuff where i i i write stuff down that's that's achievable and attainable. I don't. I used to try to write things that are unattainable. I was like, oh, I'm gonna drive fire two hours today, and I want to be 0.25 faster by the end of the day. And in terms of working out, my fitness level, I'm doing a five three one program. I'm trying to keep up with you, <laughs> but you know, it keeps me somewhat of a organized in terms of thought process going to the gym. Like I know what exactly I'm doing. I know um, how much weight I should be lifting. There's no questions. I, I'm not going to try to overkill myself. Uh, I'm older now, so I got to train a little smarter. Uh, I don't recover as fast as I used to. How old are you now, JJ? Just for anybody know. Uh, um, I'm 48 years old, but I'm Asian, so I look like I'm 28. <laughs> yeah. You're not, JJ, you're not 48 years old. Shut your mouth Dude, right now. All right. Shut your fucking face. Okay. <laughs> You're my age. We're all the same. Get out of here. Yeah, I was like, I knew we're all the same age, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, He's like 48. For a minute, I believed it because he pulled the age. For a second there, I was like, nah, you're not 40. There's no way. I was like, you look good, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jay, you know, everybody always sees your stories, everything you're putting up. How, and Tony talked about goals, and, and you talked about setting realistic goals. How important is it in training and in shooting to, to set those goals, like, do you sit down and do you say, okay, I need to boil this down to what's realistic? Like, obviously, you know, getting point two and 200, two hours of dry fire sometimes isn't realistic. You know, when you guys, and I talked to both of you about, I mean, when you guys are gaming this out, how important is it to say, you know, today I'm going to go up 10 pounds in weight or whatever, you know, do, how do you game that out? You know, is it based on how you feel? Is it based on, you know, because other guys might want to know, like, you, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you put that together? So to me, I, I, I can relate it to shooting because that's my goals there are a little bit more specific and I can t I can have I can almost touch things where when, when my growth, I can go, yeah, this one, I want to do this. Right. So I've basically simplified my shooting a lot. Um, there are things that I check off. Like I want to be I, I look at this at trifecta. I want to be good at speed. I want to be good at accuracy and I want to be good at both at the same time. Um, and so I check those off, and it's like checking the box, right? As I go to the range, I, I basically tell myself, say, all right, I'm going to try to shoot about 500 rounds in an hour today because that's basically all I have. So all right, how, how am I going to lay it out? So these are the target targets that I'm going to shoot, and these are the distances that I'm going to focus on, and I'm going to tell myself going, all right, 95% of the shots I'm going to shoot today is going to be perfect. Maybe not perfect per se uh, in some people's um, definition of perfect but mine is close to perfection right so when i shoot i look at it as alpha charlie and deltas and then there's penalty targets out there alpha being perfect shots and then charlie being where well, you're down one point delta is something i'm not really happy with in practice so i consider that a bad shot so if i have anything more than 95 or more than five percent in terms of the deltas the pickup shots the no shoots i consider that a bad day so um, once i get close to it i literally have to refocus sit down and, and I'm constantly taking notes on how many shots I shot bad today and all that stuff or right now. Right. So for instance, this morning I went to, I, after my meeting, I went and I was at a range already. So I was like, let me set up a practice session. And I was able to shoot 600 rounds in about 445 uh, minutes. And I think 15 rounds were bad shots. I didn't have, I had one no shoot that I shot. It was at 30 yards. It was a very small target. I ended up clipping the no shoot, but it was still a good hit. I had three pickup shots. And I had uh, about eight deltas from there, and so it was under 15 rounds. Today, achieve my goal today. Um, but other people, you know, um, I don't know how they do it, but that's how I do it, and then it's reflected into my match performance. Now it's kind of cool because when I go to match, I get tested. When I go to matches, I'm averaging so far this year at about 96% of all the shots that I shoot as being perfect of the total total points, basically. 
It's intense. So that means you're a certified badass? No, no, no. no, no. 96% badass? badass. I'm a a big wannabe, sir. Now, I remember we had had the talk with Tony and you and I, and we had like a mini intervention where he was like, you have to hit 100% of shots, um, you know, and you have to be perfect. Listen, he's talking about Azos. The 100% of shots on my level two is C-zone. Which considered to him, that's like shitty shooting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So compare the two. You know, it's a big difference. Well, you know, I was no, gonna... no, you said C zone. That's that's what I stay within. I don't I don't go to the Delta area. Okay, so you shut C-zone your mouth. Okay, listen, 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 listen. You just told me. Okay, you shot 600 rounds. Okay, out of the 600 rounds, you dropped eight, eight rounds, and then you had like one. That- probably like the bad your bad shot for the day so i don't want to hear you complaining would, all right would you would he pass a real world tactical course uh well the thing was is you have to pass me first and that's the problem he'd have to get through me at 245 pounds other than that yeah i'm pretty sure he'd pass my uh class uh, with flying colors well he has to pass uh ruben too you yeah, do ground fighting the ground fighting you gotta do the ground fighting with ruben so so, so Jay, what's <laughs> That's my black belt <laughs> that you got to go through. And, and I'll ask you both this. It'd be good to see you guys debate this. What do you feel for a new guy just starting out? Let's talk to the new guys for a second. You know, I know we, and I say this to Tony all the time, you know, we're kind of always talking sometimes at here. What do you feel the best thing for someone starting out, going to the range, should work on? And what advice would you give to someone that wants to maybe get into competitive shooting, wants to train, just properly train? What do you think the best thing for them to start, start out with is? You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so basically, I think I have this saying that I go by, and I learned it from my dad. Um, faults and cracks appear under pressure, right? That's so good. that's something I've lived by. So to me, um, I work on a foundation. My foundations, my basic marksmanship, my my um, my fundamentals in weapons handling. I focus on that. So once I I'm able to master those things. Um, master being a loosely word being thrown out there. Um, I can start to build on the fancier things, right? The things that everyone wants to do, the speed shooting, the shooting on the move, um, shooting alternate positions and all that stuff, hondo roll, whatever whatever it may be. Um, so when I get tested, when I go to the competition, those things that are supposedly basic marksmanship and basic fundamentals will not falter under pressure because I'm no longer thinking about it. I'm just kind of doing it almost automatically. So if I had to give somebody an advice, if they're just starting out shooting in general, I'd tell them right right off the bat, hey, learn how to shoot one-inch dot targets consistently, consecutively at seven yards. And then once you learn how to do that, try to do it faster. Try to do it under five seconds. Six rounds in under five seconds is not that tough of a um, thing to do, but a one-inch dot, makes it a lot tougher. Then move back once you master that. Try to do it at 10 yards. Try to do it at 12 yards. Then once they do that, now all they got to do is when they go home, dry fire. Learn to manipulate your gun. Learn how to point your gun at random targets. Learn how to reload. Learn how to look good. Basically, learn how to look good manipulating your gun so you don't look like a newbie and have to think about it when you get to the range. So whenever anything happens, whatever scenario you're thrown, your manipulation and handling of that gun is almost automatic. So you're almost just kind of manipulating and pointing your gun as if it was an extension of your hand. The second you start to think as you're under pressure, you're already behind and you're reacting. When you're reacting, whether it's a real world, (laughs) real world tactical, real world or the competition, you're already slower behind the curve and behind the next guy that's just doing it automatically. So like I said, don't work on speed. Speed will come eventually. And, and, and eventually you're going to have to push, right? So, but for, for now, to begin with, the first year, work on the most basic thing. Be really good at manipulation. That's easy. Just dry fire. Manipulate your gun as much as you can. When you're at the range, learn how to shoot really. Learn how to shoot small targets consistently. Right? So that's basically what I want to <clears> – <throat> that's all I would say to a new shooter. What do you say, Tony? Um, fundamentals, man. The foundation, period. That's it. JJ hit it right on the nose, you know. Uh, you, you have to get good at the, the fundamentals. If your foundation is not solid, uh, I say this hundred times, you have to build a foundation made out of concrete, made out of cement. If your foundation is, is uh, weak, then everything else past that will never stand up to the test of time. You know what I mean? It will never be solid. It's well said yeah. by both of you. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. And what do you feel, you know, a lot of guys, they hear us throw numbers around. I'll, I'll throw this to both of you. 
you hear people, you know, you say 25,000 rounds and people are like, Jesus, you know, that's going to cost me X or that's going to cost me Y and they can't afford that. What do you suggest, Jay, and, and, and I'll ask Tony the same thing on the tactical side. It'd be great to hear you guys answer on this because I'm sure people want to know. What do you suggest for, like, the budget guy out there that's just getting started or maybe into it a little bit? What's, what's a good round count, 200 rounds, 150 rounds? I know it's easy to say as much as you can afford, but if you were going to set a game plan, you know, that's manageable, what would you say would, would be a good suggestion in, tra- in the mm-hmm. amount of training maybe once a week, once a month? at a minimum for somebody who maybe wants to compete, maybe wants to do some tactical stuff, just wants to get better and more proficient? Uh, my suggestion would really be don't look at it as a number. Look at it as how well and how much you've accomplished in that certain amount of round count you have. Um, when I was growing up, um, it was we were broke. Like I was in the Philippines. My dad had a good profession, but we were getting paid livestock, not cash, right? So um, we, were, we were just doing enough to get by. And, and rounds, uh, going to the range, uh, trying to compete – in competition, you you know, people used to say, oh, 200, 300 rounds was good, but we would go to the range and we would try to work as much as you can and try to develop within 50 to 100 rounds. And we would do a lot of work and just literally imagine and use our, 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 our visualization basically in terms of shooting a fast target versus shooting a smaller target. Um, and that's what we did. And so what, what I would tell guys is when guys used to ask me in the academy, like, hey, dude, I can't shoot like you because I'm not a competition shooter. I'm like, no, BS. I'm like, you can actually shoot like me. You just have to put a lot more time. It's the difference is the speed. I was like, you do things a little slower than I do because because I just see things faster. I go through everything that you're going through. I just process it a lot faster because I've been doing it for so long. And yeah, so much that's the concept right there, processing it. Everything is the process. Visual reaction time. Correct. You know, you know being able Correct. to adjust on the move, improvise quickly, you know. That's huge, and that, that takes you, time you and experience right and years. So, sorry to cut you off, Tony, but you said it right there. You said improvise, right? I literally tell people the reason that makes a lot of top shooters good is they can make shit up on the fly really quickly. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. And that, and that that's not only in the shooting world, like in the, in the competition shooting world, but in the tactical realm. You know, that's what makes – that's the difference. That's a huge difference between a good operator and a great operator. The great, the, the, the guy who can really adjust and improvise on the fly and just make quick decisions and they're sharp decisions and the right ones, that's what makes a good, either a good team leader or, uh, you know, an operator where, you know, he's very, very proficient at his, at his job, you know? Yeah, this is, Absolutely. this is tremendously good advice. And, you know, I think people always want to speed up, right, Jay? So, you know, I want to, I want to get right into it to, to some of the, you know, the stuff we, we see out there on, on the Internet. You know, how, how important it is, you know, you see all these shoot fast guys out there. Everybody wants to shoot fast. You know, is it better for guys to stay at a very controllable level for a long period of time? Or, or should they be speeding up to almost a little bit out of control? But should they stay at a level that they can manage and control for an extended period of time? Uh, I, think, I think you'd have to push. Um, I look at it in three stages. I say I look at it as the first one is building your fundamentals, your foundation, right? And then the next two is you explore how fast and how much, how quickly you can process and execute that foundation, the foundational stuff that you just built. And the last one is all about execution. That's how I look at it for me in terms of my programming and training. And when I get to execution, it's just all about repeating the stuff that I've been doing over and over and over without failing or at least failing very little. Stage two is where I explore how fast I can do. So I expect to fail a lot there because if you don't, if you just stay at one spot, that's basically just being complacent and being content of where you currently is. You constantly need to push yourself. And like I said, that's the same thing that goes ties into the goals. Because if you don't have goals, you'll never push yourself. And you're like, oh, I'm happy where I'm at. This is great. No, you're always looking for what's the next best thing. Um, so I think that's that's what I, I, I go with. Um, I think you have to push yourself. Once you're safe enough, you can manipulate your gun. You can do it. You can feel it. Everyone has their own. Um, opinion on what when they should push but once you're able to shoot consistent and hit targets and not look bad and not dangerous for everyone else around you start pushing start going for it i have a quick question for you jj and this is i think a a huge debate for a very long time so a lot of the tactical guys always say that competition shooting has no uh no bearing on the tactical world and and i'm not i'm not a believer of that i believe uh um, competition shooting is a skill and to be uh you know as a tactical uh, or as a, in a self-defense situation or whatever, however you want to call it, um, concealed carry, 
uh, it does have merit because if you're skillful at shooting, you're going to make better choices. You're, you're going to be more proficient in your manipulations and all that. So I think it's a good combination of both to have a little bit of both in regards to um, understanding. And that's, that's one of the main reasons why me and you got together um, just to put the two together and show the, you know, show the world how the two differ a little bit. But at the same time, they have a lot of things in common. That's awesome, you guys. And Jay, what, you know, I know Tony will probably say 9mm. What's the best caliber? We got a question coming on YouTube. What's the best caliber for people to start with? One guy says 45, 9, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure you suggest 9 or 22 to start, right? Well, I think that, yeah, the, 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 most guys should start with a lower caliber. It's easier to manipulate recoil and you don't have that built up anticipation, right? So you kind of, you can manage the gun, you can manage the, the trigger and everything else around it, right? But um, I, la I laugh because my start was literally a 45, 1911. I was eight years old. <laughs> so talk about starting small. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here you go, son. Yeah, oh, getting thrown right into the fire. I never, listen, we didn't let him answer that question that I had for him, mm. the, the tactical and uh, competition. What do you think about that? How do you feel about that? I, yeah, there's, it's always been an ongoing battle. It's kind of funny. It, it makes me laugh. You know, it's uh, people say, it's okay, competitions can get you killed in the streets. Absolutely. If I freaking clear a house like I clear field courses, hell yes. But the total difference there is that in competition, everything is known. Like, I know where my targets are. Everything's yeah, it's all choreographed. Huh? It's all choreographed. Like, you, yeah, you're, you know the setup. Yeah, you know the setup before you're going to go into the stage, right? Yeah. Correct. It, I can choreograph it because I know a lot of things. I know I know where the targets are. I know where my threats are, per se. In the real world, whenever when I was in, in the government, whenever we had to clear rooms or clear a bus or clear whatever, it was knowns versus unknown. I had to go a lot slower because I had to process things as I went. Right? There were a lot of bad guys and good guys in combined. There were role players doing force on force. I would have to process as quickly as I could because they knew I was a competent shooter, so eyes were on me to make a bad decision. I, I would just spray and pray. But it wasn't that. The, what they were shocked in, the, the, the comments always was, golly, man, your process and ability to manipulate that weapon was is far more um, advanced than others, which is, yes. Yeah. Because the demand is there, because I've been practicing and so and so on and so forth, and it's kind of funny because I, I, uh, I'm, I, have, I, have a, I have a really good friend. Um, uh, he's 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 a he's an army guy, very highly trained. Um, he's he's one of those guys that that's still that's still in it, and we talk a lot. And he's he's shooting a lot of his guys in his unit shoots a lot of competition, and um, and he laughs at me. He's like, hey, because you ever get this question about competition gets you killed in the streets? He goes, or competition has no place in the real world? And I'm like, yeah, why, what's up? I was like, I get that all the time, but I was like, I just I just don't pay any mind on it. I just do my thing. I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me. And he's like, well, he goes, you know what my response is? And I'm like, why? Because he goes, because he's a more of a real world guy. Like he is out there deploying constantly um, for the military and army, right? Um, he's still in it and he's still very active. And uh, he tells me, he goes, yeah, he goes, I just asked the guy another question. I goes, I asked him two questions. He goes, which one makes me, gets me killed in the street? Is it because I'm faster or I'm more accurate? And I started laughing because I'm like, that's pretty damn true. Yeah, uh, like, 100%. I think bar, bar anything, like the first, the, one of the biggest things I was very in, in, impressed when I saw and finally got to shoot with you, Tony, was, was you were phenomenal behind a gun. Like you put us on a 15-yard, 25-yard, and a 35-yard drill on video. And I'm looking at you going, dude, are you sure? Because this is, these are far distances, even if it's a C-zone target. These are far distances because we're going to be taxed. Yeah. And you were pinging targets six inches. We were talking about yards. that, yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that. You know? That's awesome. So that's, that's that type of level. And that, to me, that's because he's accurate. Most tactical guys can spray and pray, but not very accurate. They can't really account for all the rounds past 10 yards. I'm not saying generalizing that, but majority, like 90%. Oh, not 90, but I would say well over 60%, right? Because I... Um, and, and it's just when the speed comes into play around 10, 15 yards, people start to kind of miss and just hitting the arms and, and all that stuff. But Tony here was totally different than some of these guys, like my buddy who's highly trained, like he would keep it more majority in the Alpha and Charlie area. And he's like, yeah, that's functional, acceptable accuracy for me. He goes, when I go to competition, I narrow it down to about a six inches width because that's more to me realistic in competition. But in the real world, he goes, I go to A and C zone because I... I want to give a little leeway, two inches on the side, to just to, just in case I pull the trigger wrong and whatever. Yeah, and, and not only that, but you could just be a little bit faster as well. You know what I'm saying? Understanding yes. that you're now you're shooting at a C zone, 
compared to an A zone where you're going to have to take that extra little, you know, that split second to right. really, you know, work the trigger, you know what I mean? And make sure you don't make a mistake, especially if you're running like a Glock or a standard issued gun, not where it's, you know, you're, you're, it's tricked out, like a tricked out gun, you know what right. I mean? Because in a competition, no one shoots back. In a rural, someone's shooting back. So you well, have yeah. more rounds on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, of, of course. You know, it's, you know, when me and you train together, I ever, I, I expected, um, you know, you, you know, well, I'm going against one of the best in the world. You know what I mean? So uh, in that, in that, I went in there looking at the the concept of soaking up as much information and knowledge and experience as I could. You know, so I, I put myself, I tried to push myself, uh, you know, as much as I could in regards to the shooting aspect of it of that day. Like you pushed yourself in the physical aspect that day. You know, so, you know, when you, when we mean you both really put both of them together and I always tell us, listen, the one story that I always tell everybody was when you did the, the support hand shooting with the hundred pound keg on your shoulder and you were pinging at fucking 35, 40 yards, you know, and then that's, that's why I told, I remember, I remember telling my team that when I went back and, um, I was like, that's where you, I really saw where you really made that, like, all the freaking years of your work, you know what I mean? And the rounds that you have put down range and the experience and knowledge that you have, that's where it really made a difference, you know what I'm saying? Because one thing is shooting, you know, strong hand and support hand, but, bro, that keg was a water-based keg. And people are not going to, they're, listen, they're never going to understand that. They're never, like, when we were holding that keg on, our, keg on our shoulder, you know, for you worse than me, I mean, my gun was literally, like, I could not keep it still. Like, it was just, like, all over the place. And when you were pinging at 35 and 40 yards, I was like, there's no goddamn way. I remember, I think I made it to like 20, 25 yards. I think that's like my last ping was at 20, 25 yards. I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely. I couldn't get, my gun, listen, my gun could not even stay on the target. That's how much that thing was swaying. I remember I was like, how is freaking JJ pinging at 40 yards offhand with a 100-pound water keg on his shoulder? I was, listen, you really, that day really like, you know, it's just, you, you stay in awe, JJ. You understand what I'm saying? People don't understand, like, uh, you know, what we do, and we've been doing it for so many years, um, but when you see something that really impresses you, like, I'm sure you went in there with a certain, like, understanding of who I was, you know, um, but until you see it live, you know, because I can see your, your videos, and I, you know, for me, the only thing that's always impressed me about you, uh, other than the fact that you're a phenomenal shooter, a great shot, is your speed, and that, your speed from station to station, or transition to transition and how you transition, that is what always puts me in awe. Like, there's nobody out there that moves as fast as you do. You do. Your explosive speed is something to just, it's incredible. You know what I mean? And the day that we, we did that one drill, your drill, when you went around the cone, remember I couldn't stay. I was trying to stay, you know, you turned it smoothly. And I was like, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I was like, that's not going to happen. I made up for it hitting the target on the way there, but I was just like, I couldn't keep myself from like sliding away. It's like, I don't even know how you do it. It's like, it's incredible. Bro, there were two, there were two factors that day, right? You had the wrong shoes for one. No, okay. Yeah. I, I did have, I didn't yeah, have the grip. What were you wearing that day? Yeah, were you wearing yeah. the Solomons? Were you wearing the Solomons with the, with the grip? What were you wearing? Yeah, oh, we were innovates, I think. Uh, the innovate. The innovate. innovate. Oh, okay. The innovate. Okay. Yeah, yeah where those and two. So I have one was wrong. She had wrong shoes. The, the other, the other, the other issue was I have. I'm what 100 pounds soaking wet, and you're 300 pounds nude. <laughs> nude. <laughs> nude. So nude. inertia was freaking taking you all over the place. No, I know, but I mean, even still, though, it just the, the way that you just move, it's 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 incredible, man. It's it's regardless of what your weight is, it's just it's something graceful. You understand what I'm saying? It's it's. There's listen. How many guys are your size in the competition world, and they don't move nothing, nothing like you. You know, and there's no one even near that comes close. And we're talking about the best of the best. You know, the guys that you go against. You know, the top whatever three to five guys, and uh, you you can just see how explosive you are, going from station to station. You know what I mean? And that that's incredible. And you know, because listen, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You know more than I do. When you're talking about the top three or four guys, you're talking about what milliseconds, milliseconds yeah. in shooting. Yeah. That, that that's that's the difference between top guy and and, and second place. You know, yeah. a tenth of a second. You know, so the explosive and the speed getting to that station is what's you know what I'm saying. That's gonna make an, a crazy amount of difference at the end of the day, on top of your shooting. You know, and not missing. You know. Right. So there's three things I want to address there, right? Sorry, sorry, John. No, no, no go ahead. So 
the first time I got to finally meet with Tony, and he's like, yo, we're shooting a video. And I'm like, how do you say no? We're going to work out together. We're going to train together. I'm like, fudge, this is going to suck. But I was like, F it. I'll suck it up. Right? First time, I was nervous as hell when we got there. And I'm like, all right, I've seen his videos. I know how intense he is. I know how strong he freaking is. But you don't realize that strength and that ability to explode and move, move literally mass, not just weights, like mass. Like this keg was sloshing around and he would throw it over his head like it was a freaking Coke can. It was ridiculous, right? So finally, when seeing it up, up close and personal, I'm like, this is totally unreal. And I was like, I got to step up because he's doing this and he's keeping up with me and shooting. I was like, how's this guy I, feel, I felt like was so one-sided in terms of fitness, but then still able to keep up with shooting. So in my head, I walked away from there going, I have to train that much harder and focus that much harder on my craft, but yet still be as good as everything else. Or not as good, but maybe just just pretty decent. Because he looked, this guy over here is not a competition shooter, but he's keeping up with 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 me. And I'm like, golly, this is crazy, right? So that was one thing. The second thing that you said right there is where that it was pretty cool is that um you said you noticed about my movement in the beginning um, of times I didn't have sponsors, right? So all I did was was um, I would shoot about five to 8,000 rounds per year, and I was competing at the higher level. Uh, I would win major matches, right? I would compete with the highest levels, guys. And since 2002, um, uh, 2001, really, I almost won my nationals then. My now, first quick US question. Nationals Let's then. compare your 8,000 rounds. What was the average national shooter that you were going up against? What, how many rounds were they shooting compared to you? What triple at that time? At that time, about 50 to 100,000. Yeah, see, that's, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. So and that wasn't that, that, so isn't, that isn't that the same thing that happened to you last year in Worlds? That when yeah. you went to Worlds, what'd you place? Like third or third third and fourth? Or what'd no, you play? Second. Or second, that's right. You were in second in Worlds. You shot how many rounds that year? I shot the total last year about nine thousand. <laughs> and everybody else shot what? hundred and fifty thousand rounds? And you came in second and above. Exactly my point. You see, that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's, you know what I mean? You can't compare. That's why at the end of the day, you know, you come in second in Worlds. Everybody else there shot three, four, five, five times more than you did. And you still whooped everybody's ass. Period. Well, the, the big thing there was really because what I was going with that is that I couldn't shoot as much. I just didn't have the opportunity to. My, my, where I was at, I was in New Jersey. I was 65 miles away from the range. Um, I didn't have sponsors, so my ammo was very meticulously placed. Like I knew where they were going, because um, if I didn't, I, if I didn't have that budget, I would completely just um, run out of rounds and run out of money at the end of the year, and I wouldn't be able to shoot the big matches. So what I focused on was I focused on my movement. I knew if they were shooting this much, they couldn't train their footwork as much as I could. So they, I focused on my fitness, um, explosiveness, because if they were at the range, they weren't in the gym. So that's how I looked at it, and I said, you know what? If they're at the range. They're not dry firing when they get home because I don't want to dry fire after a range day. I'm tired. I'm done with that. I want to. I want to hands up. I want to play Call of Duty or whatever it may be. And so what I did was, I was like, you know what? I'm going to dry fire a little harder today, a little longer today, and focus on this. So when I do go to the range, nothing feels rusty. Nothing feels um, foreign. Everything just feels like as one. And all I got to do is learn my timing and learn to be accurate. And so I know I may not be as fast as some of these guys, but I can make it up on movement as I explode from position to position and as I come into a position. And that's what I focus on. And that's awesome that that's what you notice. And that, that makes me freaking blush a little bit, bro. <laughs> but it's how can you not, though? You, you know, I know the back end stories. You know what I'm saying? Like the average person is not going to know that. So that's why I wanted to bring it to, to light, like to, to a point where, you know, me and you talked you know, uh, when we threw our class together, our collaborating class together and all that, um, and then we talked about your year and how it went and, and you were starting the store, you are opening it, all that stuff, you were, so you were focusing more on that and then you still come in and you, and you come in and you, and you, you, you take everybody out, you get me? And that's huge. Like, people have no idea, you know, and, and that's why still to this day I say, you know, you, it, to me, you're like one of the top, you know, you're one of the best in the world and I don't say like, I don't mean like one of the best, I mean like top two, top three in the world and if not, you know, you're my boy, so I'm going to say you are the best in the world when it comes to the competition <laughs> world. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, if you, if you think about it, compared to what everybody else does and all the things that you juggle, you know, uh, uh, those are the guys, that's all they do. It's, you know, it's, it's like me for powerlifting. You know, I tell people, you know, it's like, oh, man, you're, you're strong and this and that. And I was like, listen, I don't lift that much weight because I'm part-time. You know, for you, it's, it's like you're almost, a, compared to the other guys, you're a part-time competition shooter and you come in, you still beat right. everybody. You know, that's my point here. Thank you. Thank you, man. That means a lot. So, JJ, obviously, um, you have 
a list of accomplishments a mile long and you've been in this business for some time now. I mean, you've been around it your whole life. It's crazy. You know, we all kind of, you know, watched you develop, you know, start the store, become the shooter that you are today. And, and, and you know, I feel like, you know, myself and I know Tony, as we, we kind of watched this all take place the last five, six, seven years, you kind of become a, a tremendous spokesperson for the community, for everything that, that you do. Uh, I got to ask it because I ask every guest this, you know, what do you what do you think as a whole of the two way industry and the and everything you see at the show level and everything? How, how does it rub you good, bad or indifferent? No, I'm, I'm super proud to be part of the two way community. I never meant to be. Actually, I didn't even know I was part of any kind of community. It was just it was just trying to see what the best I can possibly do and accomplish. Right chasing that gold and all of a sudden it was it was like kind of one of those that I start, you start getting messages like hey you're such a great representative for the two-way community i'm like what the fuck is that i was like i don't i don't know what i'm doing i don't I, what, what am i doing that makes me a good representative i'm not i was like i was like okay thank you i really appreciate that and then they kept going and going and over and over and then it's like kind of you know you kind of realize that you what you put out there and then now, now the biggest thing is social media right you start seeing the different personalities per se and then uh, you meet them at shot show and then you get to know the person and you get to see the stuff that they're putting out and sometimes you're like oh i would not want to be rept or looking like i don't i don't want to look like that i don't want to market myself that way yeah. yeah 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 so it was kind of one of those things that you realize like oh i guess you are some sort of a figure because you have a following or whatsoever and you're just being around for a long time um like like you know it's just one of those things that either you can motivate inspire or literally just just be an asshole, <laughs> for lack of a better word. We have a comment and, real uh, quick that I want to touch, JJ, not to cut you off, because I know, like, we were trying to, like, do this like this live, you know? Um, but I want to iterate, because someone, you know, had... Uh, he, didn't, he didn't compare you to Keanu Reeves, but he's like, he's saying he's, saying he's not you. Uh, I think Daryl, do you see it? Daryl Wigan? Yep. He goes, yeah, have you seen Keanu Reeves train with Tehran Tactical? That dude is awesome. Not JJ, though. He's saying not JJ, though. And I'm going to, okay. And I love Keanu Reeves, by the way. I think he's a phenomenal actor. And he's great with manipulation. And, and, he's, and, he, and I, I want to break something down to you guys so you guys understand, okay. Um, the video that you saw with, uh, with Tara, have you seen that video, JJ, by the way, of yes, him, Keanu absolutely. Reeves, when he does that? Okay, guys, I want to understand something so you understand the, the difference, okay. Um, number one, Tehran Tacticals and Tehran, you know, Hey, me and you are boys. We've been boys forever. But, okay, uh, Tehran Tactical's complete body size targets that he puts five yards away uh, in his backyard for the, for the actors, okay, um, there's a reason that they hit every single target because the target is the size of a human body and it's five yards away and that's why they're so fast. So to compare JJ that he shoots 15 yards that fast and shoots a target that is like, the size of uh, an apple is <laughs> there's no comparison to that. You know what I mean? Is it's like don't forget, guys. You know it. It's a huge difference. We're talking about um, an actor, obviously doing very well for himself as an actor, but to compare him to JJ, you know, that's like comparing apples to oranges. There's no, you know, yes, he's not JJ by no means anywhere near that in that life. <laughs> oh, race cars. Oh, that said though, yo, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I want to hear your with, take on that. that <laughs> no, with that, with that said, though, I'm no John Wick neither. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, listen, I don't think anybody's John Wick because in this movies, he's a Navy SEAL, Delta, SWAT, uh, Jiu-Jitsu master, and Judo master, Aikido master. <laughs> so, he kills 57 guys in about seven minutes. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Everyone's an assassin. Every, yeah. Just, yeah. So, yeah. He's, you know what he would say? He's the grand master of yeah. assassins. Like, you're the grand so, master of... Uh, <laughs> Of competition shooting. <laughs> so, so staying on that, JJ, I, I love putting you on the spot because you're such a, a politically correct guy, but I'm put you on the spot a little bit with this question. What do you, in, in Tony and I brush up against some of this stuff, what do you say to, to the shoot fast guys on the internet that don't compete or don't have a history of competing? Do you say, shut the fuck up and compete? 
or are you okay like with the do your thing you know is it staged i mean where do you kind of look at it and say because tony obviously just had like an eye roll moment you know like and you know we all kind of agree with him but you know it's all in good fun and and, and keanu's phenomenal i mean it's not the question phenomenal and and he's tremendously into his skill craft it's not about bashing but we're not putting anyone down it's just more where do you say like you know you don't have to name names just kind of like you know, oh, I'm going to do it for the gram, and I'm going to do four takes of this, and I'm going to be... I had, like, yesterday on mine, JJ, so you see what I said was, my main thing was, I was like, stay in your lane. My, my issue was, I don't care what you do, just if you're teaching or whoever you are, be you. Don't, don't act or portray something you're not. And that was my biggest, you know, complaint, I guess, you know. Uh, tell me what you think. Yeah, where do you roll your eyes? Yeah, where do you, where, where do you stand on that? Um, I don't really have anything against the guys that are going fast and looking fast on, on Instagram or social media. I, I actually think there's there's a, there's things to learn from that. I, I look at it as, man, this look at this guy. This guy's, to me, a nobody in the competition world, right? But he's somebody because he's either got a lot of following or he's doing certain things that are impressing me. Like, oh, man, like making me question myself. Like, can I actually do that? Would I be able to do that? And I'll go test that on the range just to, just to see if I could, right? There's certain things. And then I'm like, man, he, it took him a lot of work to do that. So to me, I'm like, man, he, I wonder what he did. I wonder what his process was to get to that level. I wonder how many rounds it took him, how many years it took him to that. So I was like, if you put the same amount of effort probably in competition, he'd be, he'd be up there, right? You, you can tell some of those guys have, have the same um, neurological development and, and capability of being able to put it together on whether it's the fifth take or what, it's still impressive to be able to do it and put it on video. So to me, doing it is, I don't care if it takes you the fifth time, whatever, you're still able to do it and that's cool with me. But that where I don't like is like when they start to preach basically certain techniques that aren't really proven or they don't really know about. And that, that, that I kind of agree with you in terms of staying your lane. Don't jump sides. If you're a fast shooter and you got certain th- things to share, absolutely share it. But don't start making absolutes, uh, making your opinions as as the facts. creature as or the one thing. Yes. Stay in your lane. Just, you know, do whatever you got to do. If you're working on clearing rooms, just be like, hey, this is my opinion only. Just just solely my opinion. This is what I think I've done. I've never done it in my life. I don't know why the hell I'm freaking doing it for you guys. But, uh, <laughs> and that's the problem. They don't say that. <laughs> they don't say, the yeah, by the way, I've never cleared a room in, re- in, re- in a real operation or in real life at all. Just, you know, but this is the way you have to do it. And, and that's the issues that I have. It's like, really? So, you know, what experience do you have backing that this is the way that you have to do it? You know, when in reality, there is probably 15 different ways to actually do it in real life. You know what I mean? And right. there are a thousand ways to skin a cat. You know, and everybody has their own way, you know, and there is no, you know, when it comes to the tactical realm, and I say it a hundred thousand times, uh, and I'm sure in the competition was the same thing, you know, there is, there is a, one person's way of doing it, and then there's going to be five other guys that are just as experienced or just as, have just as much as knowledge that may do it a different way, just slightly different, but they may just choose to do it a different way. And none of the ways out of those five guys are doing it is wrong. It's just, that's their choice. That's what they yeah. see or that what they believe is right. Because why? It's worked for them and they're still alive. So they must have done something right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, in, in regards to that matter. But uh, I'm sure the competition was the same thing. You know, you have certain ways that you do things that may not work for someone else, but it works for you. You know, so and, and that and that's what you teach because I've, I've, we've taught together. You know what I'm saying? And you, you're, yeah. you're a lot like me when it comes to teaching when we say, you know, this is the way that I do it. I'm going to show you the way that I do it. But there's other ways that other people do it. You know, uh, right. let me know if it's if it's this, you know, if it works for you, use it. If not, throw it out. It's another tool in your toolbox. You don't have to use it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. You know, I, I was a federal law enforcement officer for just about just under 10 years. And I, I, right before that, for about six years before that, I was a contracted instructor for the government and all that stuff. So I did I did a lot. I was sent to a lot of schools. Um uh, whether it be force and force, uh, mission training, tactics, clearing rooms, and all these other things. But even though I'm certified to actually teach it as a certified instructor, according to Fletzy or other schools, I don't ever touch that realm because I've never actually done it. I've done it and taught it within the government, and I've done it and used it and used it on force and force and doing active school shootings, not, not, not per se like real things, but like the active shoot school 
after school shooting school that we went to um with it was like a big um scenario uh, based yeah training up yeah yeah with law enforcement and all that stuff in, in, involved i've done it right we've done it i know what to do but i never ever in my world in my wildest dream whenever i'm teaching i would never dive into that like recently i've been teaching a lot of military i get contracted now by certain military groups to come in and train and when i asked them i said hey listen guys what am I doing here? What's my purpose? And then it said, you're here to just teach us how to shoot and how to move because your footwork is pretty damn good. We want to see that and we want to get a little piece of that. And I'm like, that's awesome. And then, you know, I found myself, I found myself recently in the most coolest places in the world teaching the highest and highest in the military or whatever, military, and I'm, or SWAT team or police, local, lo, 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 local law enforcement. And I'm like, man, this is kind of cool. I'm just a competition shooter and these guys are coming me to train. That's awesome. I got a couple of questions that I get to with every guest. I, I have to ask. Um, there's a couple I'll get to. One is there's so many haters out there and so many people that comment and, and have so much to say. I, I ask you, to, it's two parts. Why do you think, Jay, why, why do you think people hate on people, one? And two, um, how do you deal with haters personally? I don't. I don't deal with haters, first of all. I just... Let it be. They they can hate all they want. To me, that's that's uh, attention they're giving me. If they're talking about me, whether good or bad, it's more attention I'm getting. I'm cool with that. Either or, right? Doesn't hurt my feelings. I just worry about me, really. Um, um, I know Tony has a different aspect than that, but um, but um, in terms of certain haters, why there's haters, I think it just boils down to either jealousy. Or, yeah, I think it's just jealousy and envious. Like, the, like Tony has a lot of haters, maybe because he can do certain things that most people can't. People start claiming he's, he's on steroids. He can't be doing that. That's not normal. Yeah, obviously not normal. He's a, maybe he's a one percenter. I, I admit to that. Like, I'm cool with admitting um, someone else is better than me. I'm cool with that. I'm like, no, so what, right? I, that's why I don't, I don't really care. Like, some of these social Instagram media instructors, um, crossing the lanes of teaching clear rooms and tactics when they don't have any experience. I just kind of turn my eyes away and roll. I roll my eyes and I have my own opinion. And I'll speak it whenever I'm asked with, with friends and stuff like that. But other, other than that, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't, you know, I don't really, and I'm fortunate enough that I don't think I have a lot of haters. Um, in my comments, a lot of it is support, um, which is kind of cool. I do have certain haters within the shooting community in terms of competition. <laughs> um, I'm good with that either. Um, I've asked them to fight me. <laughs> they won't because uh, I know who they are. It's a very small world, but um, they just they just want to talk. And some people just have to share their opinion and they call it, I guess, their right to share their own opinion. But I was always told if you have nothing nice to say, freaking keep it to yourself unless you want to fight. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, Jay, I think social media has opened up the airwaves to people just kind of feeling like they can say anything because they hide behind an account. And, I, and you've never had your share of haters. It's just always cool to get, you know, the guest's take on, on that. But I think a lot of it, you, you touched on jealousy. I think a lot of it is that, you know, why not me? Why does he get this? And why, did, why do I not get that? And it, it becomes a why not me attitude. And, and you know, Lord knows we've, we've all been through it. I know Tony has, you know, on some level you have, but you've transcended your champion. You're on a different level, you know, the game. Lord knows I've dealt with it. I'm sure people look at me like, why is he in charge? Or why does he get this? Or why does he get that? So, you know, I can, I'm one of your haters. Yeah, seriously. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it, it's funny, though. You know, it, it's almost there's a little bit of sadness and everybody's hate and everybody wants to poke holes and you know, shoot, shoot someone in the face and it just is what it is. But it's, it's your take on it is similar to Tony's, but he had a real nice rant. If you get a chance to listen to his episode the day before on it, I can't wait. Yeah. He had a, he had a rant on it. And I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with what you said, professional jealousy, a little bit of I'll hide behind my account and I'll say X, Y, or Z. And then what I always find funny, and I know you do too. And we'll, we'll close the book on haters on this one is when you go to shows, those people never come up to you. Or they never yeah. say anything to you. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm a guy, you've known me for a few years now. Somebody says, hey, go train with this guy. What do I do? I go train with him. Somebody says, hey, go do this. I go do it. Somebody says, hey, you know, here, here's a challenge. Go do this. You know, or, hey, why is he doing fitness? Or why is he doing that? Or why is he doing this? So, you know, stemming off of that, I, uh, I, I see you post a lot of fitness stuff. And fitness is a huge component to you, to Tony. How important is fitness in your life and in your training? 
uh, to me, it's a balance of things. Uh, if I'm in good shape, I feel good, right? Um, and, and when I feel good, I feel like I can do whatever my body or my competition, my world requires of me to do. Uh, may that be to be a good father, to keep up with my kids. Right. That's 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 what I want to do. And if it's to keep up with my wife because she's super in shape in terms of cardio, I'll keep up with her and to have enough energy as much as I try to do things throughout the day, to have enough energy to come home, to spend it and um, and then focus on them and, you know, only crash out when I need to crash out and everyone's crashed out at the same time. So, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. So I try to fit in as much as I can in terms of fitness life, business, and being a competition shooter all together. So I think they all ties up, and it all starts out with, I feel like, being in good shape. I got three more questions because we're coming up on an hour, and I want to get get them off to you, um, believe it or not. I know time flies when we're just shooting the shit. Wow. Yeah. Who inspires you? Who do you see on social media? Who inspires you? Who do you look at and you're like, damn, you know, that's fuck. It can be The Rock. It could be anybody. You know, who inspires you? Who do you look at and you're like, wow. Ah, uh, man, there's so many. Um, I don't, is none of them are Instagram, really. I mean, one of them would be Tony, right? Um, that guy's just a beast, a maniac. I watch him and I'm like, golly, I got to try that. See if I can do that. Um, a, lot, a lot of the guys that inspire me are actually like more fitness, not so much shooting um one of the other well i guess the other guy would be diamond fitness yeah right mm-hmm. he's a military guy yep, yep. um ridiculous uh shape things that he can do i'm always trying things out those guys right but um really just who inspires me are just regular joes like i meet a lot of good people recently uh, being in a new neighborhood uh being in a new school i'm looking and meeting new people and to me a lot of it now is being a good person those people really inspires me. Um, I like, I don't know. Like I, I saw this one guy, this is kind of sound kind of weird, but I saw this young guy, his name is Michael Ketterer. He's a singer. And, uh, he inspired me to become a better person because he, he's out there adopting kids that don't, wouldn't have had a future, but then he's taken them in as, as part of his family and providing a life for them. Um, a better life at least than what they would have had. Mm. And, um, He's such a, such a good person, and I saw a story on him, and I'm like, goodness gracious, that guy is something I kind of want to live by or live live kind of similar to him. If I can get like a 10% close to what he does in the world, I would love to do something like that, you know? So um, those guys are the ones that inspire me now recently um, in terms of fitness, really. that Tony, one of them, Diamond Fitness, one of them, and a couple of those, man, um, what's what's the, what is that called, the, the parkour guys? Yep. Those guys mm-hmm. are inspired inspiring to me because i'm always trying to figure out how far i can push my body and how much i can push right so what i can do and cannot do so that's 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 why it goes through fitness what are your uh what are your passions other than firearms when you when you're not you know shooting or you're not training what do you love obviously your family i know you you don't have to go far looking at your stories and everything is is near and dear to you but you got you got a food thing going on lately with the travel (laughs) golly food I love food, man. Yeah, obviously besides family and everything, food. I'm absolutely, absolutely, I love eating. Uh, I love eating anything and everything that you can put on me, unless it's vegetables. I'm if, a carnivore. If you, if you stop uh, training, would you be a fat Filipino? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's a, a lot of the reasons why I train so hard, because I know I'm going to eat something stupid or bad for you, because I'm just going to want to eat it, and I'm going to eat a lot of it. You're one of those pages I look at when I see the food go by. I'm like, this motherfucker. Because I'm 300 pounds if I look at a piece of bread. And I'm like, this fucking asshole. I gain weight so easy. Everybody wants to be big. When I first started training with Tony, I was about 255, almost 260. And, it, and I struggle. Like, then I got abs and everybody gave me shit. I had, you know, posting ab pictures. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Michelle, everyone was giving me a hard time. Oh, you know, got to see another ab picture. But I have to break my ass to get lean. And it's hard. And when I finally do, and I'm not the fat kid in the group, it's like, whew, I feel like I scored a huge win, you know, and I'm breaking the camera out every day. Fuck everyone that talks shit because I'm doing it. <laughs> but, you know, um, that's that's huge to know what you are and what you're not. And you love to eat and you love the posting the, the food. Where's your favorite place to travel and eat? What's your favorite country? Philippines. No doubt. Hands down. Easy answer, yeah, right? The food there, the food there was it's just so good. That's just my favorite type of food. I mean, I've traveled to China, I've traveled to Japan. I'm more of an Asian type guy because they feed you a lot more mm. than like the French cuisine is nice, it's fancy, 
but it's so small. Like I'm always hungry. When I was in France um, last year, <laughs> they were not eating from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. I'm like, what do I do within this two hours? Like someone's got to be open. There's got to be a that's, snack. That's crazy. Yeah. There's got to be something, right? That None. In the Philippines, it's 24-7 time to eat. And it's, you know, it's what I grew up in. And it's not the healthiest, but uh, my dad always says that, that's, that, that kind of food keeps him young. Right. Because I guess in, in other ways, you'll never get old. <laughs> right. Oh, that's true. So kind of the last question that we'll get to wrap. And, you, you, you know, you've always been a supporter of the brand. And, and with me coming over to Falcor, it's an honor to have you on. Um, you know, I've always known you've you supported Jason and Melinda. And that's, that's been huge. You know, um, thank you for coming on. And, and what do you love about the brand and about everything we do over here? I know... You know, we don't sponsor you per se, but we've always had, you know, a good uh, a, a good rapport with you. You know, what have you loved over the years? And, and I know we have a friendship with me coming over about Falcor and about, you know, Jason and Melinda. It's the tolerances that you guys put in. You guys put in a different twist. And ever since I heard about Falcor, it was that, that what they were known for was that um, that ability to be accurate, the consistency, the tolerances, the, the, the lockup. All these other things that I'm really not familiar with with the rifle, it was all of a sudden a big thing. And then I started paying attention to it with other rifles that I have. Uh, once I got a uh, Falcor and I noticed the quality of just the build, I was kind of like, oh, that's why this is a little bit more. Okay, that's cool. And then I shoot it and then I'm like, oh, that's why that's a little bit more and this mm. isn't. And okay, cool. Let me run with this. And then, oh, that's why. And you know, you start figuring it out. Um, and that's, that's another thing. And it's kind of cool that. To know Jason and Melinda, they're just such good people. Um, I've never had issues with them at all whatsoever. And that friendship kind of stemmed from that. And it just grew. And now you're running it. And it's kind of cool to see you running it. And I was like, you were a friend of mine before even you were a big shot. And it's kind of cool <laughs> to see that too. I'm far from a big shot, JJ. I'm still grinding. <laughs> um, no, and, and we, you know, I appreciate that. And I know that's that's a little Falcor plug there, but it, it's it's true. I mean, people don't see us, you know, supporting your opening and being a part of the, the different things that you've done through the years. And we'll always support you any way that we can, even though you're not a, a huge rifle guy. Uh, one question that's come by, by, by the, not yet, exactly, that's come by the boards a few times um, is would Top Shot ever come back and would you ever consider hosting it? I don't think I would be a good host, first of all. Um, but if Top Shot, Top Shot ever come back, I would love to probably compete in it. Yeah, I think that's a dream of everyone is to see a show where we get everyone together and people have said, oh, that's never going to happen. I'm like, you put the right amount of money up and you'll see motherfuckers come out of the woodwork for that yes. shit. You know, you yes. start putting fifty, dollars or $100,000 prizes up. Uh, Tony and I have talked about that. Like, a, you know, they have the tactical games, but if you, if you saw like a real tactical competition put together or a real shooting competition that had $100,000 prizes, you'd see some motherfuckers come out of the woodwork to compete. That seems yeah, like I, a behind I the flame be part some. two. Yeah. Sorry, guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, that'd be a whole part, too. You know, we could do a whole episode on that. But yeah. I think you'd see a lot of people come out of the woodwork. Now, I know you got to jump, and, and it's been an hour, but I, I want to thank you. Jay, you've been, you've been a friend of mine, you know, for a while. You're always a text message away. I know you're super busy. Uh, I can't thank you enough. You were one of the first people to congratulate me and support me when I got here. Uh, your friendship doesn't go unnoticed, believe me. Uh, you're someone I wanted to have on almost right away when we started doing this this concept and started you know, doing this show. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and you know, I, I really am looking forward to seeing. I know you're going to you know, do phenomenal at nationals. You're going to kill it. Uh, it was, you know... <laughs> You know, I, I, I watching you shoot and watching you train, everybody brings it up. There, there's nobody classier out there, in my opinion. Uh, of course, you can, you know, bring up Max and bring up other guys, but there, there's no one classier, in my opinion, than what you do and, and how you do it. It's really how you do the game. And um, you've always been a class act out there, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the next year brings and, and running into your shot. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I mean that. And I appreciate your friendship and, and thank you. So uh, any plugs, any, where can people get you? Where can people find your classes? Where can people track you down? Uh, you know, my website's almost up. It's almost final, actually. So it's uh, jjvercazatraining.com. That's one of the websites that they can get me. Or they can just email my wife, jessica.vercaza, 
at yahoo.com. For now, that's the best way to actually book or schedule me. Um, even the military goes through her. It's kind of hilarious. Um, I had to go so yeah, for that's her. It. And then, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then um, my little gun shop here in Vegas. Stop by. We, we ship everywhere throughout the country. Um, check us out. Uh, give me a call if you have any questions in terms of shooting. Magnus Sports. Um, so it's kind of cool. And you're still doing the custom guns and the trigger jobs and everything. And you got a great little shop over there. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. And for those of you that want to find out more about JJ, check all those ads out and, and all the links. And he is very accessible. And, and if you can't track him down, definitely uh, follow his follow check track down Jessica for sure. And uh, I thank him again for coming on. I thank everybody here that putting this production together, Jason and Melinda, and of course everyone on the Falcor team here. It's much appreciated. We are giving away a swag pack on, on YouTube to everyone who likes, shares, and comments. Head over to the podcast, Behind the Flame, and do me a favor and make sure you leave a five-star review. JJ will share this link in his story. This was a cool one with Tony chiming in. I know he had to step out real quick to take a call, but everybody's been phenomenal, and uh, I can't thank JJ enough. It was awesome to get him on and I'm sure we'll have him on again, and we'll, we'll get him in the building at some point. And, Jay, I'll see you at SHOT Show. Thank you again yep. for everything. Uh, we're going to sign off and uh, head out.